This podcast aims to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And to do that, we bring on experts across all disciplines to share their stories and advice. And I've done over a hundred of these and I've neglected an entire field within advertising mainly because I was uneducated and scared to learn about it. I'm not afraid to admit that. But thankfully, Maria D'Amato is on this episode to tell us about the exciting field of experience design. When recording this, Maria was recently promoted to Executive Creative Director at GSD&M in Austin, Texas. That's G-S-D-N-M. Maria actually pioneered the experience design vertical there a few years ago. In addition, Maria has helped to grow and expand the practice by including new roles with creatives that have backgrounds in UX design, AR development, technology, and more. But interestingly, Maria and her team won the CSS Design Awards website of the year for her work on the VR game Echo, which stands for Enhanced Cognitive Human Ops for the U.S. Air Force. And with the help of a cognitive professor, Maria and her team developed a fully immersive online experience, illustrating the ingenuity and powers of a well-trained airman. It's one of the most uniquely captivating online experiences I have ever had. And now I know that I'm not destined to become an airman, at least while I do this podcast. But if I were, it would be called Breaking and Entering the Sound Barrier. That would be a cool podcast name. Experience Design could call your name this episode if you are innately interested in creativity and technology experience. Websites, VR, AR, NFTs, and the metaverse are rather large concepts, but they are avenues you cannot ignore. You, may, you might not know it, but the older audience will recall when agencies were writing off social media. They said it was a fad and that we should stick to the basics. We all know how that ended up. So suppose you would like to learn more about experience design, GSD and M, or any other burning questions you might have for Maria. To do that, to answer those, you gotta head over to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word at breaking and entering pod. You can see how to connect with her there. And a secret tip, she has resources there listed just for you that will keep you sharp and ahead of the game. So visit that Instagram page for that. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Maria D'Amato, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here and I'm doing fantastic. Where is here for you? I am located in Austin, Texas. What's the weather like there right now? Uh, we are at 65 degrees and sunny. Typical February here in Texas. How about not, for you in Chicago? Not, no, it's a good day here in Chicago. Um, let me see right here. 54 degrees. So oh, I should be outside. Bad. Very yeah. great day. Yeah, it's starting to look better. But I appreciate you coming on from Austin, Texas, because you are the executive creative director at GSD&M, which is a great agency. When I think Austin ad agencies, I think 
immediately of GSDNM. So tell us about who you are and your role there as an executive creative director, which is pretty recent, right? As a, yes. Yeah, I was uh, promoted to executive creative director about a week and a half ago. So I don't have a lot to tell you about how it's going because we're a week in, but I think uh, I'm certainly excited to have the role. And right before this, for the last seven and a half years, I've been the head of experience design for GSDNM. So wow. my background is in visual design, a little bit of UX design, and then we've kind of called that experience design here at GSDNM. Now, am I right when I say that you might have pioneered that department within the agency? That's correct. Myself, I can't take all the credit. There are sure. a few of us who kind of got this thing going, but I've kept it going over the years. Nice. So we'll talk about that absolutely when we kick it back. But for now, what's your vision with and what are your goals? I know you just started, but what's your game plan? Absolutely. The game plan is to expand the type of creativity that we're able to bring forward for our clients to infuse more technology, more experiential, more touch points, more emerging tech into the work that we're doing for our clients every day. We've got a great track record of doing that kind of work for some of our clients, and we're really looking to do so in appropriate ways for many of our others. And I think that's the biggest thing we're trying to accomplish by putting myself in this role alongside another mm -hmm. creative, Tom Hamling. And this makes sense because you are successful in these other types of mediums with a whether it's ar or interesting websites like we have to from here i think this is a perfect opportunity to just quickly talk about your recent award which was the 2021 website of the year winner from css design awards it, it incredible work for the air force what was that project called tell us about it because i took i took the test you know <laughs> i learned that i probably probably shouldn't be in the air force but that's okay you learn you know, but it's this website was is insane. I highly recommend everybody, but go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah, thank you. That's a fantastic setup. So the URL is airforceecho.com if you want to go and enjoy this thing. It's a gamified experience that helps you understand some of the facets of your cognitive ability. And what the Air Force wanted us to do was to help people understand that they're interested in a diversity of thought. They don't want a whole bunch of people who all think the same things and think in the same way, just like any other industry and the conversations we're having across all industries right now, by bringing many different points of view to the table, they're creating a stronger, more effective Air Force. So this that was essentially the brief that we were given and the work that you see at Air Force Echo wow. is the output of that brief. So we really dug in. We actually worked with a cognitive professor to understand how we could test these various types of cognitive abilities, uh, reaction time, reasoning, composure, accuracy, and how we could really not only test them initially, but then put stress on those tests. Oh, yeah. And make I was stressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's played these games, you will quickly see the stress and the curveballs that we throw at you in the, order to uh, test some of those deeper skills that are the, inherent to being an airman. So immersive. So immersive. Yes. The first game I, I scored pretty high on, but my overall score I will not share. Okay. <laughs> well, you'll probably get time. better if you do it again. Yep. Um, but that, that first game is my favorite as well. I mean, so is this an advertisement? Is this an ad? How, how do you describe what this outcome is? 
this for me is brand building. It's about creating more places where people can interact with the United States Air Force and understand what the benefits uh, of, of being an airman might be, whether that's for themselves, a family member, someone they know. It is just about creating a brand and making that brand come to life in places that are appropriate for it. This brief actually started as an experiential brief okay. um, back in 2019. I think we all know what happened in 2020 and what the mm -hmm. fate of in-person events was, but we had concepted our experiential version of this alongside a website version. Okay, so there what was, did that look like? So we've, and it's live now. So we did get to build it. Um, the, so there's the website version and we've got this fully immersive VR experience uh, that is yeah. packed up into like an 18 wheeler that travels around the country and goes to everything from state fairs to NASCAR events, visits high schools, and you can play these games, which are immersive just on a desktop or mobile device. You put it inside of a VR headset and you've got something even richer, you know, the audio is uh, in 360 degrees, you've got this beautiful world that we've created. Mm -hmm. It really comes to life in the in the headset. So is this experience design? I mean, this type of thinking, this this style of advertising and marketing? Yeah, this is experience design at its finest, if I do say so myself. Um, this work was concepted when we have a brief like this, where we know we are going to be working with um, technology that isn't just basic looking at a screen and, and doing something or just looking at an advertising an advertisement and a message. We like to put the team on there as a three-person team. So we'll have an art director, a copywriter, and an experienced designer concepting on the brief from day one. Oh, wow. And then we'll have a creative director who comes from the experienced design discipline sitting alongside a creative director from a more traditional discipline like art direction or copywriting, oh, wow. directing the work throughout the process. So you are always thinking about form, function and message at every step of the way nothing takes a back seat and that's how you get to work that is that rich that immersive and still delivering a, a solid cohesive message wow i love the integration because a lot of times i can imagine those you know your more traditional advertising would be siloed off from this experience design but it seems like it has to see at the table right from the, the beginning what you're saying Absolutely. I think that's how you get to the best work that is rooted in technology or rooted in an interface is to have somebody whose career and their creativity is also rooted in that type of thinking and in understanding how people move through spaces and how people experience a brand as they move through space. Yes. And you do such a great job with the Air Force as, a, as one example that I was looking through today. Um, the Million Piece Mission, which was a large puzzle, right? It won a Guinness World Record for the largest jigsaw puzzle on the internet, correct? That is correct. I can very proudly say that I have um, a Guinness Book of World Record title, which is for those of you working in the industry, that's always one of those things you kind of throw into a deck and like, oh, we'll do the world's biggest yeah. whatever. We'll send a guy to the highest point in space that anybody's done. And um, to have actually achieved that and doing it through a digital medium and mm -hmm. through an interactive piece, we're really proud. Um, it was quite a technical achievement too, to get an image big enough that could be broken up into a million pieces into a website that would actually load. Right, right. <laughs> and for it to be, 
we uh, we use a massive multiplier style of game. So everyone's playing the mm -hmm. puzzle at the same time who's logged into the website. So it's not that you're in one room and somebody else is in another, but everybody's playing the same experience at the same time. A little pre-metaverse to the metaverse, if you ah, will. Ahead of the game. I love it. Didn't and... even know it, but we'll take it. <laughs> so tell me about GSDNM and, and, and this team that you were, were previously leading in the experience design. Um, what was this? What's the setup? How many people? What's what was that like? Yeah, so GCNM, we are an Austin-based advertising agency. We were founded in 1971, so mm -hmm. we just celebrated our 50th anniversary. Very proud of that. And for an agency with 50 years of history, you can imagine we've got um, some traditional ways of working, and we've worked hard over the last eight years to break that up and bring things like the experience design discipline into the conversation and bring that to be a real part of our creative offering. We are at about 350 people these days, give or take. Okay. And I think we've got 70-ish folks in our creative department. And that ranges from art directors and copywriters okay. to experienced designers, experienced strategists, UX designers, visual designers and digital designers um, and brand designers as well. So all of those creative disciplines we've housed within one department. And that's been a very intentional choice over the last couple of years to make sure that all those voices have a seat at the table. You're, I'm gonna make a note here that we need to talk about, you know, how an entry level person would break into these roles here. But before we do that, and we, we talk about um, you know, how the advice that you have for people to get into this, this new interesting realm that I personally haven't discovered very much of within this podcast and my own side missions and side projects. So we'll talk about that. But before we do, uh, we need to figure out how you got into the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So it's my path has been a winding one. And when I got into the industry, experience design was not a discipline. I started as a visual designer. I did brand design, logos, mm -hmm. identity, that kind of thing. I did go to the creative circus and mm -hmm. was there the first quarter that they had an interactive discipline. So okay. I took one class that was related to interactive and just my career kind of angled in that direction. I did a couple of internships in Atlanta, one of which came through my professor for that one class. He offered me an internship. Um, I was clearly interested in that space. And it was a space that, you know, your average art director copywriter wasn't as excited about at that moment. So being passionate about it kind of got me that internship. But I would really say my, my opportunity to break into the industry came via uh, someone who was on your podcast quite recently, Luke Sullivan. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to get out of Atlanta. It's an amazing city. Love it. But at the time, there wasn't a huge creative community like there okay. was in Austin. I also had, you know, I started Creative Circus when I was maybe 28. So I wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't um, trying to go to New York or LA and kind of do the, sorry. You're good. <clears throat> um, do the junior uh, designer salary living in an apartment with a bunch of people lifestyle. So oh, you didn't want that? No, it didn't sound enticing to me at 30 years old. Sure. I was ready to, to have a different style of life. And Austin uh, offered that. So mm -hmm. I came out here for a one-week trip and had my book ready to go, had emailed every agency in the city that I could find a contact person for, and had all these interviews set up. Um, one of the people who I had 
cold called on was Luke Sullivan. Mm -hmm. And he let me in the door at GSDNM. And I talked to him for about 15 minutes here. And he also introduced me to a man, a gentleman called Mark Farino, who is leading our design group. We had a great conversation. He pulled in this other person. We looked at my book. They loved it. They didn't have a job for me. So I took a job at an agency down the street and did that for a while. And then GSDNM gave me a call when they did have a role. So creating those connections and making an impression, uh, while it wasn't the thing that got me my first job, it was the thing that mm -hmm. got me my most important job. Love that. And I always say, say to students in recent grade or anybody looking to break in is make those connections really early, as early as possible. I, I was at a career conference here in Chicago Friday and there was a freshman in college there and i like i was like you're a freshman what are you doing here like yeah. and then i and i remember like that is in, so incredible that you're here so early you're making connections early on usually you're not going to get a job yeah you're not you're not even close no. in, in the in, in the frame of college but i mean i was so impressed by that cuz you you make those connections early you never know how it's going to wind up down the road so that person's going to be successful yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. If you I gave him the, the I gave him the MVP award. I Amazing. Like, you, you got the MVP award of all the people I met. Um, but back to you here. So I want to know real quick, what was Luke's role at the time? Oh, what was Luke's role at the time? I think he was an ECD at the okay. time. Um, I he was. Now you're he, there. Uh huh. Yeah. Full Isn't circle. that incredible? It's, I would not have expected that back then. Though. Um, has been an amazing progress. Yeah, he was only here for maybe six months after I landed okay. before he left to take his role at SCAD. Gotcha, gotcha. He's no longer at SCAD. Yeah. Um, okay, so from, but you're, and I wanna go back to that first internship that you talked about. You said not everybody wanted this interactive role, but you're, mm -hmm. you're open, you were so open to this, your openness and you're willing to try new things here was really important in your career. I mean, yep. And is that that's it seems like that's been a theme overall, you know, your your ability to adapt and look at these different mediums has been foundational for you. Absolutely. That's very true. I think it's uh, a natural innate curiosity that I have. You would be hard pressed to find a topic that I wouldn't be perfectly happy to to get a four year degree in. <laughs> I want to know everything there is to know about everything, which advertising is a great career for people like that because you mm -hmm. kind of really get to dig into industries. And then if you couple that with an interest in technology and emerging tech, there is always something new to learn, something interesting to uncover, something that you don't know about because it didn't exist a year before. So I've right. had that innate kind of curiosity and desire to go towards the new forever. And it's mm -hmm. also a little bit is just the way that my brain thinks about creativity. I have a bachelor's degree in metalworking and jewelry design. Wow. And that's a kind of creativity where there is no differentiation between form and function. You have to think about the the visual representation of a piece right alongside how it works. Sure. And I think that has really influenced my advertising career because I can't think of just a message. I have to also think about how it's delivered. What is the experience? What are the touch points? Can we move people along a journey? Can we move them through just one piece of communication? How can we make something that feels flat come to life. So my it's it's a couple of things that are going on in my brain that are just inherent to who I am and how I think about creative problems. That is interesting. Metalworking. What did you do before um, Creative Circus? Uh, I sold office supplies, obviously. Yeah. yeah, it was time to time to switch over and it worked out. 
Yeah. What are you most excited about then? If you're always on the, if you if you're always looking into the next new thing, is it the metaverse? What are, just real quick? What are you, what are you studying? Finding interesting? Yeah, what I'm studying is definitely the metaverse and looking at what are the places that our brands can can get into that space in an appropriate way. Which of our brands is it the right call for them to be in that space? What are the places that already exist that maybe we can talk to our audience within those spaces? Um, what are the emerging places and trying to get ahead of those? I, I think you're going to crush it for your <laughs> clients. I mean, just dealing with, just just going through that um, experience with Echo, I mean, I could see a, a, an easy integration for the Air Force or I don't know what your current clients are, but I think if somebody's going to lead the charge, it's going to be you there. So. Cool. Well, thank you. I, li I like to think so. And that is definitely an area that we are actively exploring and really mm. passionate about. I also think the the potential of AR is massive and will continue to be an important part of the mm. landscape. We've really kind of reached the point where because of Snapchat and Instagram, like AR is a daily mm -hmm. thing that people are interacting with and will continue to be a really important touch point. And I think we've just scratched the surface of its usefulness. And I'm really fascinated by that as well. So Ooh. metaverse is kind of the emerging tech world and AR mm. I think is pretty well established, but so much potential there to continue yeah. to play in that space. What's an example and, of some AR that you've worked on recently? Sure, the most recent piece is something called Command the Stack, right. which is the world's first mobile AR flight simulator. Very mm -hmm. proud of this one. Um, it's based on this idea in the Air Force where Plane, uh, planes and aircraft operate within one of three different mm -hmm. heights. So the, there's three levels to the stack. So we so were, interesting. Just learning that was that was fascinating. Yeah, we didn't know it either. We kind of stumbled across that piece of information mm -hmm. and, and we're really inspired by it. And we're like, well, what if we take that and cross it with Pokemon Go and we've got something incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> that was the origin story of that work. But um, yeah, it's... It's this cylinder that comes out of the ground, if that's where you point your phone, mm -hmm. and you can pilot any of the aircraft within each of the three stacks. There's 10 aircraft that are available to you. You know, you obviously it's AR, so you can get really close. You can see every single detail of these aircraft is accurate and perfect, mm -hmm. down to the sound profile that they made. You know, you've got aviation nerds who are absolutely going to oh, yeah. uh, listen to those things and would know, oh, that's well, an F-15, not an F-16. And they'll, and they'll let you know. My friend Sean Kindra will, will let you know if there's any inaccuracies. Exactly. So we took great care to get everything perfect, and we're really proud of that experience. Um, I think there's something interesting about AR in that you are participating with it in your own environment. Yes. And so there's something inherently personal about these experiences. You know, it feels different to do something with a brand in your bedroom yeah. on the floor there than to go, yeah, than to go and have an experience at an event, you know? It is intimate. You know, you're bringing a brand into your home literally. Exactly. Um, as, whereas VR or metaverse, whatever you want to call it, you're going there. Exactly. You don't get to witness your environment. So Yeah, you're sense. taking yourself out of where you are rather than mm -hmm. bringing a brand in. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, I want to get out of where I'm at. Yeah. Who doesn't? Sometimes yeah. you need to go somewhere. Then the VR might be that solution. Absolutely. Very interesting. Um, but I mean, I guess now I'm curious. What are all those roles that um, we you you touched upon them earlier? All, all the different 
mm-hmm. roles within the department. What, can you go over some of those high level for me? Because sure. I'm curious. I want to learn more about what, yeah, what we can what do. We, when we started the experience design discipline here, we were very intentional about leaving that name a little bit vague and a, and a little bit broad so that we it, could it kind of, to. yeah, um, we could become the creatives you would go to with any weird idea and we could help you bring it to life. And we've built out the disciplines within the group to help make sure that that continues to be true, even as these spaces get more and more defined. So we have everything from digital designers, people who are really passionate about designing websites and designing systems and creating the structure behind something visually that's gonna Mm -hmm. make um, for a really beautiful experience. Then we have user experience designers who are more in charge of the function and the pathing and thinking about how people interact with something and designing that layer of things, okay. not just the visual layer. We do have some people who cross the line. That seems like to me it could be both though, or but there, you can specialize into those separate roles. That's interesting. You can, and it depends on where you want to work. If you are studying either of these disciplines, UX or UI, you could certainly go someplace and and be one or the other. And that would be if you were working at a tech company like a Google or a Facebook, or Mm -hmm. if you were working at a product design company, you would most likely specialize and be one or the other. I think one of the beautiful things about working in any of these experience design disciplines in advertising is you get to wear so many hats. The people who sit on the experience design team have a discipline that they generally studied. Some are self-taught, but they get to flex and learn new things as the technology changes. And where it's a small group, so they have to be able to do multiple things. I need people who can do a wireframe, prototype that wireframe, make it look good, beautiful and sell it to the client. Mm. And that's not something you would do if you were at a a tech shop or a a product design company. Gotcha. What are the other roles? We also have experience strategy, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's akin to brand strategy, but it's thinking about technology and how it relates to our clients. Um, That is generally a, a title that we give to folks who are just kind of like creative goofballs but really interested in technology. They're the people who are gonna find this weird niche thing that's happening in tech and figure out a way to bring it to life for one of our clients. And they're gonna do it in a way that's rooted in something that's true about culture or rooted in something that's true about the brand. Do you have any recent examples of that? Or maybe some ideas that have gone across the table that maybe not sold, but something wild? Uh, Well, the stack is one of them and the million piece mission is one of them. Those were both uh, projects where one of those creatives was on the concepting team and mm-hmm. knew the landscape in a really deep and rich way and was able to bring it in into a really high profile brief. It wasn't even a niche kind of little side project. Great. That makes so sense. we've got that. And then we've got, um, so I talked about UX and UI mm-hmm. and experience strategists. Mm-hmm. We've also started developing our in-house AR development capabilities. So we've got folks who, that nobody started as this, but we saw a need Mm -hmm. and a desire just within the team to be building these experiences, things for Snapchat, things for Instagram, you know, face filters or just AR filters. Um, And we wanted to be building them ourselves. So we we got the team to learn, some of the team to learn how to do it. 
Okay. So we've got technologists in that way. And then we've had art directors, just art directors who just happen to be interested in technology. Know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got copywriters on the team, folks whose discipline is writing, but who have an interest in the more technical side of things, but who can also tackle a creative brief and, and bring that to life. Gotcha. So who are we talking to right now? The people that I clicked on this episode clicked on this episode for a reason. Mm -hmm. So what, what, who are these people? What are their characteristics? What, what do they look like? What are their skill sets? I think we're talking to a group of people who are interested in technology, who are interested in the ways that brands can come to life in non-traditional mediums, in AR, in VR, in the metaverse. Sure. Uh, you can't ignore these things. No, they are right. absolutely part of the everyday landscape for many mm. consumer groups. And that will continue to be true and grow and expand. I feel like we're at this moment right now, which would have been probably 10, 12 years ago. You could have been sitting in a conference room in any agency in the country and hear somebody say, this social media thing is a joke. I don't need to pay attention to that. And you're mm. hearing people say that right now about the metaverse. And absolutely. I wouldn't bet that they're right. <laughs> I would bet right. that they're wrong. Um, right. So I think the people we're talking to are people who also are really interested in what the metaverse is and how it could be brought to life for a brand. And maybe they don't understand what the role of that is in an advertising agency, but maybe they've been exposed to some of this work and are wondering how to get there. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what is your advice then? I mean, I think there's a lot of ways into this world. I think you have to be passionate about the space. Otherwise, it's it's a waste of time to, right. to pursue it. Passionate, to, curious, yeah, hungry. Exactly. You know, but like, I mean, like, what ex do they need internship experience? Do they need to be sitting at home figuring out how to out out how to code? Like, what are the actual skills? Like, the hard mm -hmm. skills. I'm very curious because I know all of the the. Can, is this something that you can train on the job or are they, do you recommend they go to school for this? What are you looking for when you're hiring, whether it's junior talent or people that have experience already? I'm very curious. Totally. Um, and the answer, like almost all of my answers is going to be, it depends, sure. but we, we have hired people who have gone through like rigorous one to two year UX programs. We've hired those people. Mm -hmm. We've hired people who are completely self-taught yeah. UX designers. We've hired people who went to a portfolio school for art direction, but have really interesting creative ideas that are rooted in technology. Sure. Um, we've hired people who are just dabbling in this world, but had interesting experience in other fields. And we saw that they were crossing those lines. So I'm always looking for multifaceted people, people who have some level of expertise in one discipline and an inclination or a level, a secondary level of ability in another discipline. So perhaps you're a visual designer who dabbles in UX or the other way around, or you're a strategist who happens to be really super interested in technology and, and knows a little bit about code. Those okay. are the kind of people who are going to thrive on a team like the experience design team at GSDNM. Love that. Hmm. So there's a lot of ways in. You could go to school. You could be self-taught. Um, you could have experience from another industry. All of those things will get you in the door. Just like any other creative job, it's about your book, and it's about how you present yourself, and it's about yeah. the power and quality of your ideas. Yeah. What What does a I mean? What do you want to see in a What makes a design UX design 
um, experience design portfolio different than your standard um, copywriting or art direction portfolio? Sure. If you are uh, an, an actual UX designer, there's going to be a lot more information on your website about your thinking and how you made you how you got to the decisions that you made. What was the the information that made it that that clear that the decision you were making was the right decision. Okay. So UX portfolio is going to look quite different than an advertising portfolio. That being said, an experience design portfolio mm -hmm. is going to look pretty similar to an art director or copywriter's portfolio. Okay. For me, as somebody who's managing these people within an advertising agency, yep. I want somebody whose main focus has been on ideas. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm still really just evaluating on ideas and the presentation of those ideas. I think sure. those two things, one is a little bit more important, but if you can't talk about your work in a succinct and clear manner, it's going to, that's something that has to be learned or taught. Gotcha. Interesting. I was looking through your portfolio and it's amazing. Um, is that something that, like we can share with everybody? They, sure. They can, do you recommend modeling like pretty similar, like that many campaigns or for oh my goodness i don't I know mean, about that <laughs> there, there, my, there, there, i try and keep amount. my portfolio up to date but i have not spent much time editing it uh sure. over the years so i do i've almost been thinking about my portfolio as a repository of my mm -hmm. work uh, which i would not recommend for someone who is fresh out of yeah. school um and trying to get a job i think if you are younger and getting into the industry, a refined selection of your work is much yes. better than a large body. Um, pick the very best of the best and put that forward. Creative yeah, directors are, are only gonna look for less time than you want them to, I guarantee that mm -hmm. much. So yeah. make sure that no matter what they click on, it's exceptional. Yeah, I mean, we recommend five to six. Five, five to six, no more, no less. Those. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't follow my lead on that one. <laughs> well, it's good to know because they, you know, people would, you know, they might want to model after that. So they, we appreciate that. Yeah. Anything else? Any other resources or any other advice that you've thought about, you know, leading up to this? I know we rescheduled, so I appreciate your flexibility. That's but nice. um, anything else you want to talk about advice-wise before we talk about the resources you might you have on the top of your head? I think if you're finding yourself to be passionate about this space, go and look at the work that's being created, dig in, figure out how people are bringing to life technology for brands. Um, there's a couple of uh, awards that are focused on this. Mm -hmm. The Favorite Website Awards called FWA is a great resource that I always send people to. Um, awards, A-W-W-W, Awards, get it, for the internet. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice. <laughs> another resource there. The CSS Design Awards are fantastic. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in this space, even if you aren't going to school for it, aren't going to go to school for it, dig in. There's no reason why an art director or a copywriter can't become a creative who focuses on technology like I've done with my career. I love it. So you mentioned a good amount of awards there. Any other resources? And I'm going to link to them in our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. All one word. Well, you'll we'll have all your resources listed there. But anything else at the top of your head you recommend people go follow or like classes? I would be curious, like if I was somebody that was 
doesn't I don't have a lot of tech experience, mm -hmm. but if I want to go learn, you know, a, a hard skill, what do yep. you recommend? Yeah. So here in Austin, I know they've got campuses all over the country. There's a place called General Assembly that does a good job with their UX practice. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also really fond of the students that I see coming out of our community college here in Austin. And I imagine that is true in a lot of locales. So if you're interested in, in getting more education in some of these more technical places, look at look at the places that are easy to access. Maybe there's community college classes because some of it is very functional, sure. especially if you already have an understanding of how create, creativity works and mm -hmm. understand how to come up with an idea. Then it's really just about the nuts and bolts stuff. So sure. look for the lowest barrier to access place. You can get that information. You know, no need to go and get a four-year degree in um, computer information science oh, no, uh, unless you really smart. want to. No, that's really smart. I'm sure there's like l online classes too. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of this stuff you can find online. Um, UX Pin is a great resource for UX information. Um, Envision, which is one of the design softwares that some people like to use, has a great blog. Mm -hmm. A lot of the design softwares actually have fantastic blogs and and. On YouTube, you can teach yourself any of these mm -hmm. programs if that if your learning style can accommodate that. Absolutely. Nice. I would also, one last set of recommendations. Yep. In addition to being able to come up with a great creative idea and understanding how the functional pieces of UX and experience design work, something that's true for any creative, and I tell it to every person who reports to me in every single review that they ever have with me, work on your presentation skills. Your ideas are nothing if you can't sell them to someone. So I recommend um, Peter Cotter's book, The Art of the Pitch, which mm. is, you know, not not new by any means, but it's fantastic. They talk about, he talks about how to tell a story. Um, he's got a workshop I was lucky enough to attend here oh, at GCNM. Nice. I know he teaches at Brand Center. And mm -hmm. uh, that's one I always recommend to people. Perfect. Yeah, no, we, we I just heard that multiple times in this career day I was at. So it, it holds true. Yep. Great. Well, how can people reach out to you? You can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Maria D'Amato. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. And that is all the questions I have, Maria. Thank you so, so much for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Gino. Of course. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and you like the guests, please go ahead and connect with them. Easiest way to find their contact information and to see those resources that they recommended for you is to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word. And for some quick thank yous for making this show possible, the first one is the company Sure. It's a microphone company, S H U R E. They provided the microphone that you're listening to right now. It's the MV7. It's great for podcasting and other forms of content. So if you're interested in starting a podcast or you're looking for equipment, talk 
talk with me, I really recommend the Shure MV7. Happy to give you details on that. And I would also like to thank my two guys, Mikey Malarkey, who's our audio engineer. does it every week. He's the let's kick it in the beginning. Thank you to Mikey. And, of course, thank you to Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Buchan is responsible for amazing visuals on our Instagram. So thank you, Buchan. And thank you all once more for listening. We will see you next week.